0: Should we go to David Williams' house? Isn't that down here? And leave a little present on his doorstep. (laughs) One from Coco. If Coco can't perform on demand, then I'll rustle something up.
1: Welcome to a very special seasonal edition of Walking the Dog. And I'm thrilled to tell you that my guest is only the wonderful Jack Whitehall and his beautiful cavapoo, Coco. Jack met up with me and Raymond in London's Regent's Park Fresh from the premiere of his Christmas family movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog, which, by the way, is such a feel-good, joyful film. And Jack's brilliant in it, so I insist you go immediately. It was really rainy and drizzly when we met, but Jack valiantly insisted we go ahead with our walk, and we just had the loveliest time. We talked about Coco, who Jack and his girlfriend got very recently, the Whitehall family dogs past and present, including his mum's current dog, Philomena, such a great name who was apparently fabulously spoiled. Jack also told me all about his childhood, how he was quite an extroverted kid who loved performing from an early age. Or as he put it, I was a bit of an annoying git. I won't hear a word of it, Jack. We chatted about his rebellious phase at school and the comedians who really inspired him to be a stand-up like Rowan Atkinson, Jim Carrey and his hero, John Cleese, who he ended up starring opposite in Clip of the Big Red Dog. It was really interesting meeting up with Jack. I was kind of expecting him to be very loud and outgoing. And he was actually very thoughtful and self-effacing and quite gentle. He had this very quiet, calm energy. And Coco, I can exclusively reveal, has the most immaculate manners. Jack's dad would be bursting with pride. I wish I could have said the same for my dog, Raymond. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Jack. And do go and see Clifford the Big Red Dog as you'll love it. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. I'll shut up now and hand over to the man himself. Here's Jack and Coco. And yes, you too, Raymond. Jack, Roman's going to follow Coco. Jack, okay. Do you know Coco seems quite chilled out? Oh
0: God, that's come out of me. Uh, Yeah, I think she's just had all of her excitement this morning meeting other dogs from Buzzy Dogs Home and being in a cinema.
1: Oh yeah, because she's exhausted now. You've just come from your premiere. Um, Yeah. Which way should we go? So we're in at Regents Park. You look very smart for our dog walk, Jack.
0: I know. Very smart. Um, It was a morning screening though so I didn't want to go too overdressed, turn up in black tie to a (laughs) screening that's full of children. So this is my casual attire.
1: Come on Coco. I love Coco's bottom.
0: Yeah she's got a real swagger.
1: She's a twerker.
0: She is a twerker.
1: And she seems to get on well. What do you think of Raymond, Jack?
0: Raymond's very sweet. What is Raymond? A... A... Sunning... Sh- shih Tzu? A Shih Tzu and a...
1: I love the way you sounded. You thought, I don't want to insult her, but what the hell is that? What is...
0: What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what a,
1: would your dad say about co- this co- dog? What would Michael... A White Kava
0: be- shit. <gasps> kava in a Shih Tzu? No?
1: He's a Shih
0: Tzu. Just a straight Shih Tzu.
1: Straight forward. Straight up Shih Tzu. A straight up Shih Tzu. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Very sweet. It's like an um, Ewok.
1: But he really likes your dog, Coco. Yeah.
0: Coco's very hormonal at the moment.
1: Oh, sh- oh I know the She's feeling. She's very humpy. Oh, I'm not like that. Uh, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> she just humps her bed all the time. Do you find yourself doing that? Yeah, i mean, I'm sorry but, I went there.
1: Buy me a drink first. <laughs> so I'm really excited today. I'm so thrilled to have him here with me today. I'm with the very fabulous, he's a writer, he's an actor, he's a comedian, he's a Hollywood movie star now.
0: And that, Well, and a dog walker now.
1: <laughs> the movie's going to do better than that, Jack. Well,
0: you know, I just like to keep my options open know, if it tanks.
1: Know, so I'm with... The very wonderful Jack Whitehall, and he's brought along his dog Coco. Coco, okay. we keep getting our leads twisted. Yes, I'm we. going this side of you. And you've just come, Jack, from the premiere. Is it the premiere?
0: Oh, St- straight away, we haven't even had the first question. Is this going to be a number one or a number two?
1: <laughs> Do you want a poo bag?
0: I don't think it was a poo, that's just a leaf. And that's not come out of Coco's body, I don't think.
1: So, Jack's with his lovely dog, Coco, the... Is she a -a cavapoo?
0: She's a -a cavapoo.
1: And she's absolutely beautiful.
0: Very pretty. She's been quaffed and manicured (laughs) and groomed for her appearance. Not on this podcast, obviously, because it's not a visual medium. But uh, she attended the screening of... Cliff of the big red dog this morning. She was photographed on the red carpet. Fortunately, she didn't soil it, which we were very <laughs> worried about. Is she going to maul this skater? No.
1: Oh. Oh, he's doing a poo, Jack.
0: Oh, here we are. Time to bring out the bougie poo bags. Wow. That's like half his body mass. Very impressive.
1: I didn't like the way you looked at his poo, Jack. I'm not going to lie. No,
0: I was just... I was. Surprised to see so much come out of something so small. Okay. I was expecting them to be like little pellets, but that's a proper <laughs> Yule-tide log. <laughs> oh, that was that his? I don't. I think that was another dog's. You don't have. Do you have to do that? That's being an extra responsible dog owner. That was definitely not from the same beast. <laughs>
1: I just picked up someone yeah. else's poo. Yeah. It is dog poo, isn't it? Can yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So tell me, when did Coco come into your life?
0: Coco came into my life eight months ago. Um, we had just uh, me and my girlfriend decided that it was time for us to get a little doggy, and yes, we'd had quite a hard hard time uh, my girlfriend had lost her grandmother Aww. and she'd had some health problems as well and we were both very down in the dumps yeah. and we decided that it was time for us to bring a dog into our lives and then we met little Coco <gasps> over FaceTime and Aww. fell head over heels and then we went to pick her up a couple of weeks later. Yeah. And we've never looked back. She's been amazing. She's been the perfect gift. Never in a bad mood. And just... She's unconditional love.
1: So talk me through the Whitehall family dog history.
0: We had... um. Uh, a dog f- called Mabel from Battersea Dogs Home that was my first ever dog I mm. loved Mabel yeah. and that was our sort of childhood pet um, and we had Mabel for um, for a while when we grew up in Putney um, me and my brother and sister all loved her
1: that's Molly and
0: Molly Barney. and Barnaby, Bar- Barnaby.
1: Yeah. Barney or Barnaby? Barney. Barney Barney
0: what's happening here and I Michael and Hillary,
1: your parents they're real dog people aren't yeah
0: they're they? very yeah they're real dog people my mum especially we had Charlie after Mabel who was also from Battersea Come on. and then currently they have a dog called Philomena oh, yes. whom my mother is obsessed <laughs> with
1: I heard you talking about Phil- Philomena on I think it was your Christmas special with your dad yes um, and she's ridiculous, your mother, with the dog, isn't she?
0: Ridiculous, yes. When we left home, her children, Philomena was her, her the new apple of her eye and became her sort of surrogate child. My room was cleaned out and turned into a sort of shrine to Philomena with all these images and uh, cushions with Philomena's face embroidered onto them. And Oh! <gasps> Uh, no, you're not going to win that fight, Coco. Uh Yeah, so she's obsessed with Philomena. L- lots of Instagram content with Philomena. Dressed up in little outfits and whatnot.
1: And your dad, I, I remember he once said, you never took him for a walk. I remember your dad saying you weren't, he thought, and I thought, well, you're probably at boarding school to be fair.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Complaining that I wasn't affectionate enough to towards the dog as well is very rich coming from a man that send all of his kids away to boarding school Aged 11, uh, but yeah, so I maybe I didn't see as much of Philomena Because I was away at boarding school.
1: Yeah,
0: but um, I hadn't ha- yeah, I'd never had my own dog um, It all sort of happened very Yeah organically, It just felt like the right time to have my first first dog of my own.
1: Look Jack.
0: You're getting along famously aren't you?
1: I think they quite like each other. They really
0: like each other.
1: So you grew up in quite a similar family to me which is sort of theatrical thespian family and there's a very definite energy in that sort of family that you sort of know it, you know, when you're in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I used to spend my childhood, whenever I watch your stuff, I think, oh God, I so relate to that. It's like, <laughs> I'd be slightly, I loved them, but I was a bit embarrassed.
0: A bit like, embarrassed, yeah.
1: Friends would come round and my we'd be watching Morse and my parents would say, lovely, lovely Johnny Thor.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Oh, I'd Lo- Just be normal, just be accountant. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you get the sense with...
0: The horrific name dropping. <laughs> like, incapable of having a conversation without dropping a load of names.
1: Growing up in that, in the background you had, with that sort of energy, that theatrical energy. What, how did that affect you, do you think? What sort of a kid did that make you?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's quite annoying because when you are around it, you do sort of gravitate towards it. Yeah. So, as much as it sort of wound me up when I got a little bit older, it did definitely introduce me to that world and make me think, oh, I'd probably like a piece of that at some point. I think from a very early age I wanted to be a performer um, or to be involved in that world in some way. Yeah. Um, it's quite hard not to. Um, although you know, my dad always claims he'd love from me of, to have become a like banker at Goldman and Sachs or to have had a proper job. I don't think it was ever really not on either. the cards. <laughs>
1: Was there that sense in your family then, because of always being on, really? Like, you know, tell your anecdote.
0: Uh, Yeah, Michael was definitely always on when we were growing up. He was always doing anecdotes and always entertaining and um, trying to make people laugh. And I certainly developed that personality as well. Although I always think, like, when I then started performing and doing stand-up, I had an outlet for it, so I sort of calmed down a bit as a person. Yes. But when I was, you know... 16, 17, 18, oh, desperate for attention, desperate for an audience. And my audience would be the people that I was hanging out with in real life and socialising with.
1: And yeah. then
0: the minute I had an actual paying audience of strangers, I sort of had that hit and then uh, was probably a lot less funny in real life.
1: <laughs> but you were, de- were you definitely... A- an extrovert from a young age, would you say?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'd say I was. Yes, I was definitely an extrovert. Just quite, I don't know, precocious. Um, yes, the class clown cliche, definitely. No, I was an annoying git. Definitely.
1: Sorry. <laughs> and you, um, you went to. Should
0: we go to David Williams's house? Isn't that done here? What's that? We could go to David Williams's house and leave a little present on his doorstep. <laughs> One from Coco.
1: I'd happily do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Coco can't perform on demand, then I'll rustle something up.
1: Um, so you went to. Prep school, didn't you, in London? Uh yes. West London you grew up in. Yes. As you all say, it's one of the mean streets of Putney. Indeed. And
0: but my dad always used to like to say Barnes, but it was actually Putney. We live right on the border of Barnes and Putney. But he thought that um Barnes sounded a little classier, so he always used to say Barnes, but it was actually Putney. And now he's moved out to the country and he lives um, basically just outside of Banbury but he doesn't like saying Banbury because he thinks Banbury sounds a bit common <laughs> so he insists on the North Cotswolds. He's such a snob.
1: So you went to prep school and we know that Robert Pattinson went there because you've talked about this, oh Yes. which is that he got all the parts didn't he?
0: Yes I did quite a lot of r- jokes. I mean that all really came from my mum just uh, comparing the two of us when our careers were at slightly different stages. Um, when he was in the Twilight films and I was doing stand up comedy competitions and well,
1: so pubs and clubs. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go on, you were saying? Um,
0: so, uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of routines about him because she'd sort of wound me up. But, you know, I think he's definitely going to have the last laugh. Because all the jokes were about how he wasn't a very good actor, and now he is a really good actor. And he's definitely going to win an Oscar. <laughs> and he's the Batman. And I'm uh, in Clifford the Big Red Dog.
1: But you must have been talented, Jack, when you were doing the plays. Did you, did you stand up? I
0: don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I was talented. I was quite prolific. Uh, I um, put on lots of school plays, comedy s- plays and s- sketches, wrote my own sketches um, and sort of started quite early.
1: When did you realise comedy was a currency for you though? Do you think that was when, in, your, in those family situations, when you'd make your parents' friends laugh?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and just, yeah, making anyone laugh um I think what was definitely something that uh I got a buzz from. And then yeah, at school I think did we do I can't remember the first time like I did a performance or something. I think I did uh we did a school play of the government inspector and I played an Italian waiter and went completely over the top and was only in one scene and was just trying to upstage everyone else and like, you know, just really commit to every joke and uh, had a whale of a time. And uh, I think that was probably the first time I'd ever done a performance on stage in front of an audience and got laughs and thought, oh, Mm. this is good. I'd like to do this again.
1: And then you went to boarding school when you were eight. Did you like boarding school, Jack?
0: Yeah, I was sort of of fine. I had a really good group of mates who I loved hanging out with there and didn't really want to be at home um, by that point. I mean, when I first went, I didn't really like it and and was quite um, worried about going away and missing my mum and dad. But then once I got there, I I was sort of okay. But I think it's sort of each to their own.
1: Jack, do you want a coffee?
0: Uh Have
1: a coffee, or will warm us Yeah, up
0: I'll, a get, I'll I might get a tea. Tea? What
1: do you want? English breakfast? Just, milk? just breakfast with yeah. milk,
0: yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'll run to the loo. Oh, come on. Award-winning coffee. But no such accolades for the breakfast. Come on. Come, come.
1: Right, we've just got tea and I've got a coffee, Jack, so I knew Jack would be an English breakfast man. Yes. I bet, does Michael Whitehall like that? The minute
0: you asked me about boarding school, I had to go and get a drink. So traumatised was I by the memories. To run into the cafe and hide in the toilet and cry for five minutes and now I've come back out. And I can put on a brave face and tell you it was a wonderful experience.
1: Did you like come, come.
0: it yeah, I was fine, but I mean you know I can I also know I have friends that hated it and had traumatic experiences and I think I was just lucky I had good teachers and nice friends, but
1: I think maybe as well that it seems like you grew up in quite a warm environment yeah. which, where you felt safe?
0: yes, and with quite eccentric parents that every now and again it maybe it was nice to have a little bit of space from. (laughs) (laughs) I thank them for that. Uh, For having personalities that you really only want to spend maybe a couple of months at a time with.
1: But were you, were you rebellious Jack? Were you sort of naughty as a kid?
0: Um, I was yeah, like a little rebellious. Um, I got in trouble a few times um, for quite weird things that I mean there was a couple of times when I got drunk at school and had smuggled booze back to school and got in trouble for that uh, some weird like art project things I think there was a streaking incident once
1: sorry hang on Jack there's a man a bit like art oh, one of our family friends
0: no. uh, he's talking about Annabelle uh, probably one of Jonathan Ross's friends how are you? Ah, thank you.
1: I love him. He looks like he Amazing. might be dating yeah. Louis Spence at the moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some real big dick energy.
1: He <laughs> really has. He
0: really has, doesn't he? Really?
1: Um.
0: Um, the other thing that I got, I the, the most trouble I ever got in at school was there was this incident right towards the end when me and a load of my friends attacked the CCF who were like all the kids playing soldiers at school. And we all put on balaclavas and attacked them with um, water bombs and bags of flour and stuff like that. But I was the reason we all got caught because I invited one of my friends, Alex, to do it, um, who unfortunately was quite a large chap, like enormous, the, the biggest boy in the school. And so when they look back all, over the CCTV footage, it was very clear that even though he was wearing a balaclava, that, that could only be Alex because he was about three times the size of any other pupil at the school, and we all got called into the headmaster's office. Well, actually, no. Alex got called into the headmaster's office, and the headmaster went, "Right, I know that that was you. Who else did it?" And poor Alex.
1: Did he uh, sing like a canary?
0: Unfortunately, he did sing like a canary.
1: Never rat on your friends, Has snitches doing in
0: ditches. Yeah. I probably should have made up a name there rather than using Alex's actual name.
1: Well, bleep it out. Bleep it out. Oh, is it raining, Jack? Let's find a little shelter.
0: Spitting a bit. Um, I quite miss this. I've really? been in America for a bit. I quite like coming back and hearing squawking geese and having this sort of gentle covering of you see not this even rain.
1: That tells me that you're... You're very polite and well brought up because I think you said that to make me feel less uncomfortable about the rain.
0: No, <laughs> this is, this is good. I like this rain. No, 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 I'm fine.
1: You're going to go to university. Yeah, but, well, you did go to university. I did, yeah, you? for a bit, five minutes. You went minutes. to Manchester mm. and you did history of art. Yeah. And then pesky comedy got in the way.
0: Yeah. And I was like that art history <laughs> degree. That'll never, I'll never. Be able to integrate any of that into my stand-up so i might as well just focus on doing comedy and i was so annoyed when i saw hannah gadsby's show nanette which is like amazing and like the perfect integration of art history and comedy i was like maybe i should have gone to a few more lectures <laughs> i think they still think i'm there i never officially left
1: yeah.
0: i just sort of stopped turning up
1: and why did you start doing comedy jack it's quite a bold thing to do mm.
0: I don't know, I I was doing a sketch show, and then in the middle of this sketch, it was a sketch show that I took up to Edinburgh with two mates, and we did it at the Edinburgh Festival in like some tiny little room, which uh, was so small that when I went back up there to find the room um, at the venue, it's now a disabled toilet, that's how small it was. Um, And it was like, I was playing to like 20 people a night, and doing these sketches that I'd written with my mates that were all basically rip-offs of not the nine o'clock news sketches. And then in the middle of it, I was like, I think I'm gonna do some stand-up. So I did this five-minute stand-up set, which was pretty terrible, but I loved it. And then I was like, well, I might try and do some some gigs on my own now. And and then when I got back down to to London, I applied for a load of open mic nights and uh, yeah. That was my sort of start. But our friend's back.
1: Oh yeah. Do you think he's
0: even on the phone or do you think he's pretending to be doing some really <laughs> high powered business school?
1: Imagine if his phone wrong. wrong. Yeah, or oh, it- Mortificado. Let's listen. Did they like that? Hey. Be careful guys because sometimes they don't like the dogs in here, so be careful. Oh don't they? Oh thank you for letting us know.
0: Enjoy. Thank you, thank you. He's he's amazing.
1: The confidence.
0: The confidence, be careful.
1: Guys, Jack, I like guys.
0: Guys? We're his guys. They don't like the dogs here. Who's they?
1: They? Yeah. Who, there's the a lot. police. There's so many questions I need to unpack yeah. from that encounter. Yeah. Who's they? When did we become his guys? Yeah.
0: Who is he on the phone to? <laughs> that phone was definitely switched off.
1: I'm obsessed by him.
0: Yeah, he's amazing.
1: Um. Go down here, Ray. You
0: should sort of describe what he looks like. He looks very strong tan, good head of hair. And he's been everywhere we go in this park. He is there.
1: Have you seen what we've just come to here?
0: What's this? <gasps> Jack's wish.
1: It's a flower bed with a, dead flowers. And it says a sign saying Jack's That's wish,
0: wish. And it's full of dead flowers. Which I don't, it must. Oh, no, there's one very sad looking... Wilted rose in the middle of it. This isn't an analogy.
1: (laughs) I was going to say you should bring your lovely partner here, but I don't think this is very. I think it's a
0: bit bleak. Yeah. (laughs) All of my wishes have wilted and died, withered. Come on. And then next to it, there's a bed covered in tarpaulins.
1: But what I'm interested in—the fact that you did comedy—is interesting to me because. A lot of comedians I speak to, Jack, they will say, they'll talk about going into comedy because... I don't know, I suppose they're for other or different or kind of not good enough in a way. But I don't get the sense that that happened with you because you were... You must have felt good enough because you had a happy family life and I had a happy family privilege. life, yeah. I didn't have any and like uh,
0: trauma to, to um, inspire my material. Are you okay? What's happening here?
1: What's happened? What's happened? Oh, this is like Coco's about to solve a crime, Jack. Coco's about
0: to solve a crime. She's going to find where that man on the phone's buried the bodies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, where's, where's your damage, Jack?
0: Where is my damage? <laughs> no, I my... Yes, my comedy probably doesn't come from a place of damage. No. Um, but I felt like a... Oh, you're chasing oh. this squirrel.
1: So yeah, you don't seem to be, you don't seem to have that. You seem very well adjusted, but you still wanted to go on stage, which is interesting.
0: Um, yeah, but I just wanted to be like a clown, really, and and just to, mm. it's not particularly introspective stand-up that I do. It's just, uh, all the people that I loved were like, you know, performers like Rowan Atkinson and... Uh, Jim Carey and John Cleese and I just love the idea of going on and fooling around and yeah making people laugh I never really had much of a desire to go on and put the world to rights or uh, bear my soul
1: Yeah that's, that's interesting that isn't it you just felt you were just drawn to it
0: yeah, and I'm very bad at talking about comedy in, in with any depth <laughs> because I always just think, don't know. My interest in it is pretty straightforward. I just, it's the most fun you could possibly have um, of any job. It's like, oh God, see, I'm doing physical comedy right now. I can't help it. Keep popping this umbrella. I might do a trip in a moment. I've gone full Norman Wisdom. Here, okay, there. You okay? Yeah, um, I think I need to ditch the tea because I think the problem is dog, umbrella tea. Oh, there's get, too I'm many. Hold the no, there, there, there's too many elements. Okay. Which goes in the bin? The tea, the dog, or the umbrella? The tea. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. Because if I was sipping from the tea and then Coco bolts off, <laughs> then I get tea all over me. There's just so much opportunity for comedy there. I
1: know, See, I was
0: working a whole routine. I'd love to do that. I'd love to just do more of a vaudeville
1: act. Well, I, having seen your new film, which we will talk about now, Clifford the Big Red Dog, which I absolutely loved. Oh, thank you. I think what really struck me is you are a very physical comedian. I think. Yeah. Don't you think that comes out a lot in this film? Yeah, I
0: love doing. I love doing um, physical comedy and pratfalls and working comedy set pieces. I love silent comedy, and, um, I mean, I just mentioned Norman Wisdom, grew up watching Norman Wisdom, my mum was obsessed with Norman. And I love those uh, those types of movies and that type of comedy. So, yeah, there was a lot of opportunity to do that in, in Clifford. And when I first read the script, that was the thing that um, initially really appealed to me, was that I'd get the chance to do um, some of that.
1: And it's a very, I really loved the film. I think I was saying to you earlier, I was sitting in the screening with all these quite posh Guardian proper journalists.
0: Oh God, were they sharpening their knives?
1: No, but they're all, they're all very, they've got like lights. You know, the pens with the lights yeah. and things. Really? Yeah, they know what they're doing, I don't. And I was crying, <laughs> and I was going, Clifford! Yeah. I really got, I felt invested in it. But the re- I think one of the reasons I loved the film was that I felt, often with kind of these big family blockbusters, it's very tempting for the writers to sort of be a bit knowing. Yeah. You know, and there's this sort of wry, winking, yeah. central character who's, who And I loved that their dog was actually quite pure. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a very pure film. It's very it knows exactly what it is and it doesn't try to be anything more than that. I think that's why it works. It's funny. It's very sweet, quite a simple message and storyline. And yeah,
1: we're going to go and sit in the car to finish this because it's raining. Yeah. This is a car. Whose well, car, you're very posh now. Well, this is it's how not posh, my car, I can't well, drive. Well this is how famous you are now, that you don't even know whose car we're sitting
0: in. No but, I, well yes, or the, I, I just, if offered to go into someone's car, I'm very readily um, w- and willing to, without asking many questions, which is probably not how you should respond.
1: Right. We're going to sit in the car, come on Jack. Let's no, sit are. in the car. Oh, this is nice, isn't it?
0: This is nice. Do we oh, like this, cocoa? This is it's lovely. It's very I fe- muddy.
1: Do you know, I feel like oh. one of four zone <laughs> in these people's carries. <laughs> this is better, Jack.
0: Yeah, this is Don't better. You you better. We should have just done it all like this. Drove round with the dogs.
1: <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I was telling you how much I love the movie. You basically play feckless millennial.
0: Feckless. Man-child. Funkel, the classic Funkel, who's uh, babysitting his niece Emily Elizabeth for the weekend and he lets her get a dog and the dog is Clifford who grows to be ten feet tall and then they have an adventure in the city of New York.
1: And it's it's a really, um, I loved again that the relationship was between you two because again with those comedies, with those sort of big family films you're very much leading man material. And you would have expected you to sort of cop off with some hot, yummy mummy at the school gates. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I quite yeah. like that they just kept the focus on your relationship with that girl. Yes, it was about your journey together. Yeah,
0: yes, there was no um, no distractions. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it was. Um, yeah, she's great. She's really good. She was. Um, she was in Big Little Lies and uh, Christmas Chronicles. She's done about a hundred films already and she's only um thirteen and she's uh she was great to work with. She was really very talented and so we had a yeah, a lot of fun. And John Cleese of course and like my hero. I was very excited to to work with him and the first day that I was um I met him, he came onto set and no one told me that he was coming on to set. And I was doing one of those like physical set pieces and um uh round to the monitor and he was sat there and he gave me a thumbs up and I was like, Oh my god that was a moment I melted. It was great. He was very nice and very supportive and um yeah, a joy.
1: And you've had really good reviews for this, Jack.
0: Well, I got away with it. I think that's what you hope for with a movie like this. Is you just hope not to get dinged and it's begrudging praise. That's the that's what you hope for with film like Clifford the Big Red Dog I think no they do that's what, no, that's what the reviewers say spe- I went into this thinking <laughs> I was going to be tearing it apart but actually annoyingly it is quite a nice film and kids will love it so yes I have to say that <laughs> it feels like that's the sort of review that it's been getting
1: no I specifically have read a number of things *The Star Jack, well, all the American press, they yeah. love you, do The American they in America? press, and I,
0: and when I read that, like, I, I, it literally all I think is, well, the British ones will be queuing up to bring me back down to earth. Honestly, that's all I thought when I read this. My mum sent me one, and she was like, Oh, look, isn't this amazing that they wrote this about you in Hollywood Report? And I was like, Just brace yourself for whatever. <laughs>
1: Do you think the British press are, are top on you? Sorry? are the British press. Is it harder here than it is in America, for example? Like, is there... I don't have
0: any baggage in America, probably. Yeah. So they just take me at face value or...
1: And what's or your British more? baggage?
0: That I've probably been quite overexposed and been on a lot of shows as a spiky-haired, quite annoying comedian... Uh, and hosted everything and probably i don't know just just been
1: but you started been around
0: for too long <laughs> i'm only 33 <laughs> but already I've outstayed my welcome a bit
1: um because yeah when you started out jack i remember you were, it was years ago down at the big fat quiz mm. and you must have been God, you would have been 20 or something. Yeah. Or 21. And you just started, I think, it, was, it might have even been pre-you presenting, working on Big Brother. And you'd come down.
0: Just to watch it?
1: Yeah. And I remember everyone, I remember meeting you just very briefly in the green room. And everyone was kind of talking about you. And everyone was saying, that guy, he was so charismatic, wasn't he? But it was interesting to me that you came down and you made an impression is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because you sort of owned the room a bit and you were charming. There was just a sort of aura about you, I felt.
0: Well, I I was very conscious um, from a very early stage to always make sure that I, you know, I don't know, just was polite and nice to people. I was, I think I've tried to um, always retain that um you know partly because it's just a nicer way to live your life uh to be nice to people um but also i was like just don't give them any opportunity to um you know uh not like you <laughs> because uh, with green rooms and stuff as well and co- you know comedy clubs and going in there as like uh, young uh sort of confident posh man I don't know like you just want to make sure that you uh you sort of behave appropriately and don't uh, rub people up the wrong way and so I was always very sort of keen to do that when I was a stand-up comic and and maybe that sort of carried over into when I started doing stuff on tv as well
1: did you feel that though Jep when you started doing stand up that there was that sense of well you don't need to do this
0: in in what respect just
1: in the sense of you being you know like what well, you're not running away from anything you're not like it be, was being posh to, sort of tricky inside I mean I'm not doing sort of my posh hell <laughs> my posh hell
0: <laughs> it's very very hard um you know
1: nobody is we that thing about people making assumptions I suppose about you
0: yeah yeah I mean I know I was just m- when I first started, I was just very self-conscious of it and not want and and tried to sort of hide it. That was my that was what I first did. Yeah, and I just tried to like just slightly take the edge off my voice. So yeah, I w- was like didn't want anyone to know that I'd been to a posh school or that. So yeah, and my dad was like, "Why oh, are you speaking like that? I heard you on the television last night, and you were dropping your consonants left, right, and centre. That's not what I paid for." that education for um and so yeah that was the early days of my my stand-up comedy career there was a lot of um a lot of that
1: did you do that even on shows like eight out of ten cats yeah those early shows yeah really.
0: yeah you can you can hear it in my voice um and big brothers big mouth is uh, almost unwatchable (laughs) i walk out and do this sort of um yeah russell brand light performance um with this ridiculous voice and these terrible jokes but, do you but think that's because i had to do a lot of, I, I basically got accelerated yeah. to far too quickly through the ranks and uh was on tv uh yeah the big brother stuff is awful there's an interview the worst one i don't know why i'm drawing attention to it because some people will just go and look at it i think there's an interview i did in the big brother house for the sun and also because it was the sun i was like i really need to Lean into the Danny Dyer accent, and it's just—it's. Like, but as you say, you were young, and I, I think literally can't watch more than like ten seconds of it without turning it off or dry heaving. And then, even Coco didn't like. Coco, what of do you think of Daddy, Daddy silly. pretending to talk like he's from the East End?
1: But I understand that. I think it's because, as you say, you were young, and it takes a while to find your your voice, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. And you did and you went on, he was so phenomenally, making it sound like you are in a picture, he was so successful. But it was, as you say, it was rapid, wasn't it? It
0: was very rapid, yeah. So then I was doing a lot of growing up on TV and doing a lot of stuff where I was, you know, the the quality of the material was not the highest caliber because I just hadn't been writing and performing for long enough. Uh, But was quite good at selling stuff and you know was a, probably quite a good performer mm. um but not a great comic maybe um so yeah i I don't like regret it because I'm really happy to have been able to sort of have got to where I am now um and uh, you know I'm very proud of quite a, quite a lot of the work that I've done, but um I don't know maybe in the early days it was there was some stuff that probably wasn't quite as good.
1: But when you started acting, so with Fresh Meat and Bad Education, those are two projects which I imagine you are very proud of. Yeah. Because I feel as soon as you started acting as well, it was clear that you sort of had a talent for that.
0: Yeah, those projects were amazing. Um, and, you know, I was very lucky. Fresh Meat was my first acting gig that I ever got. And it was, you know, Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong writing the script, so I had amazing material to work with and an incredible cast, and also you know a character that wasn't like necessarily a massive stretch. So it was quite a good um, uh, learning well, ground. Old <laughs> <Yeah. Miles. laughs>
1: Who knew? <laughs> um,
0: so and and yeah, and 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 about education as well was um, was a was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I I don't know, I um, yeah I, lo- I love doing both of those. Those projects and um, yeah,
1: Jack, you're very quite a calm.
0: I think it's the presence of the dog. Do you think it is? Yeah, they've calm. They really. You're very
1: be. chilled out and calm, aren't you? Very chilled. I think I thought you'd be a lot louder. Really. Mm.
0: Maybe there's something about like just sitting in a nice warm car <laughs> with a dog on your lap <laughs> that maybe just brings out like a sort of calmer aspect of your personality. When I'm at that screening with all the children, you you know, then I might go more into my sort of um, kids TV presenter. Do you switch it on?
1: Can you switch it on?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Zany Jack.
0: Zany Jack. Do you know, my sister said, when (laughs) the most excited she's been recently of anything really that I've achieved is that Kim Kardashian uh, posted that she had been watching Cliff of the Big Red Dog in her private cinema for her kids, and she sent me um, the story and was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And it was on the f- our family WhatsApp group. She was like, "You should offer to do one of the children's parties." I was like, "What do you mean? Like, and what, what what do you think I do? Like that's not that's not a thing that that." <laughs> I uh, there's not a string to my bow. And she was like, well, yeah, you should, you should definitely get in there. And then my mum started chiming in, she was like, yeah, you could go dressed as the dog. I was like, I'm not even the dog in the film. And like, surely I've, you know, gone past that, you know, part of my career, that I'd be dressing up as a dog and going around and entertaining children.
1: You're a smarty-arty, yeah. the children's entertainment. Um, Jack, do you cry? You're a crier, aren't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: I'm a big crier. I kn- I can big tell cry. that about you. Big, big. What did I cry at? What was I watching? It was something where I really went. Oh, uh, the King Richard, the Serena Williams and Venus Williams, biopic, Will Smith. Bloody every scene.
1: Do you cry in... When you're sort of arguing in pe- with people, yeah. What are you like? I can't really imagine you being an angry person. Do you no. back down a lot?
0: Yeah, definitely that. I did cry at something else the other day that was did like, you? yeah, that I should not have been crying at. the The worst one was Deal or No Deal. I watched a Deal or No Deal and and I really like was sobbing uncontrollably because this, she basically this lady was gonna. Would we'll pay for a holiday, and she's was gonna go away with her daughter, and like, Noel Edmonds would really like whip the audience up, and then she like, like, opened the box, and it was a blue, and every, I like, and there was not a dry in the house, but I was like uncontrollably sobbing. I was like, has this affecting me emotionally so much? And I feel like I might be quite unstable.
1: <laughs> um. I want to ask you, I really love meeting you Jack and I've loved our walk today. It's a lovely walk. I need to, and we got to sit in the car for some of it. Yeah. I need to ask you one thing before we go. Yeah. I always ask people this, is that um, what do you most hope people would say about you? Like your friends and stuff when you get out the room and what do you really fear they'd say?
0: Um,
1: so if someone's leaving the room and they say, the thing about Jack, he's really.
0: Not as much of a dick as I thought he would be. <laughs> A bit like with those reviewers of Clifford, sort of begrudging praise. That's what they want. That's what I want.
1: And what you, that's what you hope they'd say. What yeah, do you I worry that's damned th- with faint praise. What do you worry people would say?
0: Just as much of a dick as I'd <laughs> thought. <laughs> that would be the worst thing. <laughs> we thought he was gonna be awful and he was. Um so yeah.
1: Well, Raymond and I are gonna say we really like Jack, he's really lovely. But
0: what are you going to say when I leave the car? Oh. Do you know? Or will be revealed.
1: Well I will be reporting back. We have a number of mutual friends as you know. Yes, I knew I was seeing you today the Rosses.
0: Yeah, the Rosses. Jonathan me.
1: was going to come and gate crash. Oh was he? Yeah because he always does. Because I'll come along. I said well how's that going to work? Why yeah. would you suddenly be there?
0: It's a strange man. <laughs> when he started offering me all of his old suits. <laughs>
1: You know, he bought Rob Beckett and Romish. You know, he called them and went, I've got to sort your style out. It's terrible. I'm getting you trousers made. He had pistachio trousers and yeah. pink ones made. Oh, my for God. Um, anyway, we could talk to Jack all day, but we have to leave him because Jack has to go off to a screening of Clifford and then he's going to Pizza Express. No, Pizza
0: Express first. Yep. To pick up mum and dad and then take them.
1: He's got to pick up to Hillary eat. and. Just in case any anyone wants Jack movements today. Yeah, yeah. He's picking up Hillary and Michael. Well, Michael, I bet I bet Michael likes all this, doesn't he? Well, the. We're just getting to. Yeah. To take his son out and see how yeah. successful you are. Yeah,
0: I think he does. Although you know, he's now got his own thing going on. I know. He was on Celebrity Pointless the other day with Nick Hewer. <laughs> Didn't even tell me. Found out.
1: Of course. From he was someone
0: else's Instagram, I saw a video and Michael was in the background. I was like, he's been secretly sneaking off and doing pointless.
1: And of course he was he's, working yeah, with, Nick he's done with Q me. Now.
0: Yeah. Um, He'll be in the jungle with within the year.
1: Please. Imagine that,
0: Michael Whitehall in the jungle.
1: Um Jack, we need to let you go. Yeah, we and we you've got to pick up Michael and Hillary Whitehall and then you've got to go and promote your fabulous movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog, which I absolutely love. Coco is asleep.
0: Coco's asleep.
1: Ray's going to sleep soon. Thank you so much, Jack. Lovely to you're hang really, out. You're a really nice, charming boy.
0: Thank you so much. It was lovely to spend the day with you.
1: Will you say goodbye to Raymond?
0: Bye, Raymond. Bye-bye. Say bye to Coco. Coco's asleep. See, I have that effect on dogs. I can put them to sleep with my stories.
1: I really hope you enjoyed listening to that And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.